Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to episode 67 of the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. So today on the show, we have Tols Orko. I think it was a really interesting conversation. We talked about, of course, his work and his life. But most interestingly to me, we talked a lot about this weird midpoint one can find oneself in as an artist. It's not discussed a lot in the art world, and I think maybe it's an underrepresented position. There's a lot of talk about, you know, being at the top or you know, just getting started, but there's a lot of people who, you know, for lack of a better word, are mid-career artists. And there's a lot of decisions that need to be made at that point, too, about where one's work is heading, how one maintains relationships with galleries, with collectors, with uh, institutions, etc. And Tolles was really honest about where he was, and I thought it, I thought it was really interesting. So maybe, as always, I spoke a lot about myself, and it's also kind of a running debate I'm having about how much I should speak about myself and my work on this show. I'm trying to err on the uh, speaking less about it rather than more. But uh, if you guys have a feeling about it, feel free to chime in. If you guys have a feeling about anything, feel free to chime in. I would like to uh, have more of a conversation with the listeners of this show. But I will say this, I was talking to Tolls about uh, about not getting any work done, and I have started working again. So Tolls does talk candidly and openly about about being at this point, you know, which is which can be a difficult point. I think it's often forgotten. To most, it'll look like you've made it, and in many ways you have, you know, you have representation, you have you're making more or less a living off of being an artist. What else could you want? But really the eternal question as always, anywhere in an art career, is what now? What's next? What are we working on? So I'll let the man say it in his own words. Please enjoy. Tools all go. You know, start in the dark, basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you work your way out through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And you fail upwards. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, where did you Constantly. start? I mean, you've been around for a while now. Yeah. Uh, I started... Uh, I actually started out thinking that I should make furniture. Mm. Uh, instead of going to, like, uh, being... Um, a soldier I refused um, and oh, then right. I, there's the draft the draft here. I had a, a job instead uh, on a museum uh, in Kolding Topholt mm-hmm. and they have this beautiful chair collection so I was around these chairs uh, for six months and thought wow they're really cool right um, well I mean there's that total beautiful tradition of handmade furniture here in Denmark and exactly. it is art there's yeah. no doubt about it it is I was completely into that and then I uh, shortly after that moved to Copenhagen, Copenhagen. Um, I'm sorry, did you grow up in Culling? No, I grew up in Jutland, several places. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I moved to Copenhagen and um, I knew I had to like learn to draw, to make the furniture, to get into the school of design. So that's my path. Right. I saw the path. But then along the path, some uh, weird uh, painter girl came along. <laughs> And she, she showed me uh, another world, so I, I completely lost track uh, of my path. Was it, was it attractive because it was free? Because it, was, it wasn't like you had to follow architectural drawings in order to make furniture? or I think um, it was quite free, and it was, yeah, it was completely different from, from this, like, very um, strict, concrete drawing uh, world of furniture. So suddenly there's a, a teacher showing me what you could do with color, mm-hmm. what you could do with expressions. It was really wild. Um, you could do all sort of, sort of stuff with painting. Was that this woman? Yeah, that's the teacher on this uh, um, drawing class. Okay. 
Um, Who was she? I followed. That was Karen Serena. Okay, is she, uh, is she, uh, she's still around, uh, not showing much, but but uh, she's still doing uh, paintings. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole generation of Danish artists I don't know because I didn't come from here. Yeah. Um, but you immediately just jumped over. I did, I did. And then what? Then you're thinking, okay, it's the Art Academy or nothing? Uh, I wasn't, wasn't that focused, actually. I yeah. just, like, it was, um, it was like giving... Um, Candy to to uh, kids. They're so amazed that they can't like uh, f- really figure out what what they have. Or, right. It's uh, just party time. Yeah. <laughs> Completely party time. Uh, I think for two years or something. Right. Uh, working uh, and having a studio on the side. It's funny how long it can go before you realize that art can also be like a. a, a a, a thing you need to study or you think you need yeah. to move on with. Yeah. You know, you're just like, I'm excited about making art. And then you make art for a while. And then someone finally is like, so what do you want to like do something? <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, right. I want to do something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cause you're, uh, I mean, at, at the beginning, you're such a romantic and you really just love doing the stuff. Cool, man. And you, you, uh, at some point get like, um, get to another level. Mm-hmm. That level uh, actually came when I moved to like a shared studio on Nurple. Um, together with uh, Ivan Andersen. Oh, yeah, the painter. I had him on the show. Uh, and 15 other people. And suddenly <laughs> they had like um, something going on. They invited uh, older professional artists showing us how they could do an art business. Mm-hmm. Um, was this completely independent of anything? It was something built up by people It was the people completely there. independent. Mm, very nice. So we had like uh, guest teachers, uh, Kai Nyborg. Um, we had uh, Peter Carlsen. Uh-huh. We had uh, Nils-Erik Gjerdevik. Uh-huh. Uh, and they quite uh, slowly um, introduced us to, to the art world. Did they, were they just doing this because they wanted to help out? They were paid. Okay. We had like... I think we paid like a two, three hundred kroner for a weekend <laughs> with twenty people. Right, and they, they, right, they came right. along. That's actually really smart. That was really, really, really fun and really like, hey, this is the real art world. I want to go there, and that was like a, my my clue actually. That's really, really smart because it can be so hard to get access to people who know what the hell is going on yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And especially if you're asking them to do you a favor. Mm. Like, hey, just come by and talk to 15 fresh-faced <laughs> 21-year-olds, you know? Uh, yeah. it, it, it's, I, don't want, I wonder why more people don't do that. Because yeah. they also start engaging with you and making their own notes about yeah. who's doing what and is this interesting and, you yeah. know, this has potential. And they may mention it to someone or they may introduce you to someone yeah. or... Considering yeah. how network-driven the art world is, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. It, it did, really. And they, these guys, they showed us like the new, new path. Mm-hmm. If you want to go this way, then do this, and then uh, three or four jumps or steps. Uh, and they like encouraged us to, of course, to, to uh, try out the, the academy, mm-hmm. which most of us tried and did. Mm-hmm. How many times did you have to apply? Uh, three times. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, very much, I did. Art school is such a funny thing. Uh, I think back then it was very... It's very open, right? You can... You can do anything. Yeah. It's very practice-based. Practice, practice right. Uh, it all happens in the studios, uh, and you can do what the fuck you want. Sorry. See, I think that's pretty smart. Well, it's good for people who have the motivation in order, who are self-motivated. If you really get into smoking weed and partying, you're going to have a hard time getting much out of that education. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, And I'm sure that happened to some people. It did. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, because it also, I mean, uh, I went to art school in the States uh, for a while, and that's where it's really, really, really expensive. And you saw people wasting all this money, you're just thinking, oh my God. You You know, like I also had trouble focusing, but I always knew what was the most important thing, I guess you could say. Yeah. So uh, it's a slippery slope, especially when it's free. Yeah. And as they always say, you know, only five or let's just say five people per class are going to actually become working artists. 
and otherwise you're just stuck with this degree. <laughs> they, uh, one of the first days, uh, the teacher on the academy here actually told us, I think we were 30 in a, in a class, and he said up front, straight out of the box, like, two people out of you, 30, yeah. will make it. Welcome. Have you counted? <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of us still around. There is actually, there's a whole generation of, 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 of people, of young folks, mm-hmm. like you and Jacob and Ivan, and, and people who I, I believe all of you guys went around the same time yeah. to the Art Academy, yeah. Saron, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, who actually are making it work one way or another. Yeah. It's not the same path for everybody. No. Uh, but are somehow making it work. Mm. Uh, do you attribute that to the school? Uh, both uh, the school, but I think timing is a factor as well. Absolutely. We uh, came out from the academy at like 2003, 4, 5, the generation we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on like, well, the art market thrived, going upwards. Those were good years. Uh, it was quite easy to get a decent gallery, show mm-hmm, your stuff, mm-hmm. uh, have a, like a daily practice. Mm-hmm. So we started off there. And then kaboom. And then kaboom. <laughs> it all yeah. went down. I mean, that's happened to me because I moved here in 2006. Mm. And uh, so that was the tail end of the good years. Yeah. And... I pretty much immediately started showing work yeah. at a gallery uh-huh. near Emilienburg downtown. Not great, not bad, whatever. Mm. Uh, and then kaboom, and everything. I wouldn't say everything changed, but the whole like, oh, we can sell anything, you know, <laughs> kind of attitude uh, really yeah. disappeared. Yeah. People became a lot more selective, yeah. which you could argue for the sake of art has been good. Mm. Like for the sake of the quality of art being produced, there's Definitely. been a huge jump now from now and 2006. Yeah, yeah. It was such a big thing the the gallery world in these years. I mean, the galleries and the and the, the customers they thought they they had gold or diamonds between their hands, and they basically did. Yeah, <laughs> the money was there. It was, um, but it disappeared overnight. Yeah. Which is funny because it hasn't hasn't exactly disappeared, but it's centralized. You know, there's there's yeah. now less spaces and less artists who have viable commercial mm. careers. Yeah, and that's where the state support absolutely is important. It is because without that, a lot of people probably would not have been able to keep working. Yeah, which is uh, which is a tough situation. Uh, it actually happened to you, right? You because you showed at Henningsen mm-hmm. for some years. I did. I and did. then he closed and mm-hmm. moved and changed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, how did you make it work when the when the years changed? Around <laughs> uh, about that time, or two years earlier, maybe I, I think two thousand and seven. Uh, I was contacted by Lars Mullervit in Aarhus. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice man. Indeed. Uh, One of he, the rare gallerists yeah, who are yeah, just yeah. down to earth and nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, he, uh, he asked me to, to make a show um, and we started um, doing business uh, on like a, a professional basis. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm with him and I've been there throughout the years. So that's actually... And that was even through the tough years? Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, and like he's in a good position because he doesn't have to compete with Copenhagen. <laughs> he has a lot of uh, of good clients in, in Jutland and even in Germany, actually. Yeah, no, I bet. I mean, he does good work, and yeah. there's only, oh, I don't know, let's say four galleries that I know of mm. from Jutland yeah. that are kind of on the map yeah. as a snobby person in Copenhagen would say. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, and he's definitely <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Um, and and in the meantime, you've just been able to stay here and work, and I've stayed here. I have a like a job on the side, okay, um, fifteen hours a week. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to uh, to afford the, the studio. Or I mean, that is the reality of it. It is. 
it is. And that's the thing, you know, I'm trying to get out of that side job right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the, the the uncertainty of it all makes it so, so tough. Yeah, it's tough. So what do you do? Do you sell or do you, uh, do you work in the art world? Yeah, I've sort of. I, I work uh, in, in the biggest union, uh, 3F. Mm. And they have a, a huge uh, collection of six, no, 70s, 80s art mm-hmm. that I manage. Ah, that's so I job. still use... I mean, my art uh, stuff or art uh, knowledge Absolutely. in my job. Absolutely. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I manage the collection, um, try to curate uh, hangings. Uh, in their spaces? In their or, spaces. Yeah. yeah. And they Great. both have like headquarters in Copenhagen and they have some schools around um, Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to cover both. It's tough, man. I mean, that, that's, a, that's actually a good gig. I think uh, I, yes. I, I somehow I like the idea of art collections. Mm. I think they're very um, interesting, cool things, and they're so personalized yeah. that it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to somehow manage something like that. Uh, I applied for a job for, who was it? It might have been Carlsberg, something like that, mm. where you, to manage. Yeah. Um, because it's... It's a powerful thing in our collection. It is. In it a is. lot of ways. I have like, I think there are like 2,000 uh, artworks. And it's like trying to juggle and curate totally. your own show just in, a, in another guy's space. Yeah, and you have a catalog and, you yeah. know. I did it myself, so yeah. <laughs> I started out from scratch, like taking photos of 2,000 right. uh, pieces, mm-hmm. making a database. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that as a direction to go in? Like, do you enjoy curating? Uh, I do, but it can be a drag. I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, in reality, if you really want to paint, then anything is a drag. Yeah. You know? You're right. You're right. Um, I, I do it sometimes. Um, I did the show teaching old dog new tricks. Oh, I think I heard about on this. On Den Fri, together with the... Ivan, mm-hmm. Jonas, uh, Lars Christensen, talking. I know David. Lars, yeah. Um, we had this thing uh, called Paint Over, um, like a group thing, where we did, we call it fluid, fluid uh, painting. Mm-hmm. We made uh, animations based on our paintings. Oh, really? And then showed them in the work, in the, in the space? Or? Yeah, showed them, well, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, so we curated that show together, teaching an old dog new tricks. Uh, and that was fun, but it was a lot of work. It's so much work. Yeah, especially with uh, the, the artists coming from abroad with texts and... I oh, mean, my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, the whole importation. Yeah. And, oh, goodness me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When was this? It was in 2008, I think. Oh, that long ago. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like writing a book. You know, every second you do it is absolutely terrible. Yeah. And then when you're done, you're like, that was great, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, do I want to do it again? Yeah. I don't really know. Not on that scale, mm. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. It was a big show. But um, I try to do it once in a while, but it's not like very important to me. But it's really fun doing shows that, I mean, sometimes. You're into such a small area in art that you have to do the show yourself, to curate it yourself, because nobody else does it. And when you do these shows, then it's quite fun, actually. Right, well, it brings you out into the world. Yeah, and it, it helps introduce... I don't mean you as an artist, but you... It just puts you physically into a greater world. It does. You meet new artists, you uh, see new places, you... I mean, it's just a... It can be a lot of fun. Do you feel like your work is in like a, a, a remote corner of the art world? It's it's not out really out in the open, uh, not right now, but it has been. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's right now. It's very much about um, the thing that's going on. It's just a small uh, art-driven spaces, and they're showing stuff. I would say basically that's about process. 
That's yeah. that's my take on what's going on right now. Actually, yeah. process is so huge. Yeah, uh, and research, research and process. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's really hard coming to that room with like a hard edge uh, painting. That's true. I guess I, I see what you mean. That your work doesn't fit into the current twenty-five-year-old art scene. No. That's interesting. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess, but that doesn't mean it's a corner, right? That just means that's that's their corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Although they may, the question, it remains to be seen whether they grow up to become, um, I don't want to say powerful, mm. but uh, in positions uh, where they can influence culture. Yeah. Because uh, that remains to be seen. There was, in the 90s, the boom of artist-driven spaces, yeah. too. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that much of that has survived. Not really. You know, Not there's uh, Jacob Fabricius. Mm. He's doing great. Yeah, and Velma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fabricius and his new job. Mm. Um, but, it, I mean, that's the bitch. Because I'm, I'm in the position you are right now, where I'm basically standing a little bit back and looking around and trying to decide where would there be space for me. Mm. I know I have to make the space myself. There yeah. isn't exactly a hole, but where is there a little bit of give yeah. that you can poke into? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's in some, on some days it's humiliating mm. because you don't feel like, you know, obviously as an artist, you feel like what you do is important. So the fact that you have to ask to be validated yeah. is is not always the greatest thing. No. In fact, it can be humiliating. Uh, but at the same time, we live in a world in which you have to. It's not going to just it's walk not, out of the studio and no, up no, onto a not, wall somewhere. It won't pop up. Like, no. You have to kick in the door yourself. Yeah. yeah. Are you good at that? How do you deal with that? Part I'm of not that? really good at that, actually. Maybe I'm quite bad at it, I think. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, one thing you can say is you making that show, the uh, yeah. teaching an old dog new tricks. Mm. Uh, even the name kind of references this. It does this issue, you know. Uh, but you know, that's just the beginning in a way. You have to keep going constantly. And, and like my problem is, I haven't actually been able to make new work in I don't know eight months, mm. ten months. Mm. Because I've spent so much time recently just trying to maneuver. Yeah. Uh, and that sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, you, you make radio or podcast. I mean, that's... You hang on to, uh, I mean, the art world. Well, that's one way for me to stay engaged. Yeah. And imagine. on that level, it's very good because I like meeting people. I like talking to people about art and that's one of the things I really miss about being in art school the greatest thing about it was you could sit around and talk about art all day long yeah. and then all night long yeah. and then all day long and then you go to a party and you stand around drinking beer and yeah. talking about art you know and for a lot of people that probably sounds straight up like hell but for me and for I think a lot of people it's a great way of digesting and uh, developing ideas and thoughts and you know, Copenhagen's big enough that there's more art than I can see, mm. and there's more people than I can keep track of. Yeah. So it's it's important for me to get out there and engage. Yeah. But it does it does come at a cost to the studio practice. It does. You know. Yeah. And it looks like here, like you don't. Okay, this is a complete projection. I'm putting this on you, but it looks <laughs> like you don't have trouble working, getting work done. No, not at all. I mean, when I'm here, I mean, this is, uh, I've, I've always uh, tried to have um, have nice studios that I love to work in. And mm -hmm. this is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is so important to me. This is like my second home. So it's got to be nice. So when I come here, this is my like heaven. Uh, I really love being here. And I think it shows in the room. Totally. Uh, and that's. I mean, that supports my work. Oh, I, I get work done because it's nice being here. Mm -hmm. uh, being here is like ideas pop up all the time, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, there are no like, bad ideas. It's just not enough time. 
There's never enough time. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the problem also maybe is that you're producing work and then you're producing more than you actually have a place to put it. Yeah. Do you have that problem? Yeah, I, I miss places to show it actually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my my uh, you can see my storage over there. It's it's booming. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're right. You do probably have a a, a, a decent sized exhibi- exhibition. Over there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, do and, you, and then we haven't even talked about what Mullavit has in all. <coughs> I mean, he has right. know, twenty pieces or something. But right. uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good and it's bad, right? It's that it's that mm. balance. It's finding just like it's finding enough time to get into the studio. It's also finding enough time to take a break from the studio and find a way to get the work out of the studio. Yeah, you're perfectly right. Um. Which is where you know Denmark doesn't really have it, but there are there are some. But there is uh, agents mm. who also help do that. I know New York has a pretty thriving agent scene, mm. and uh, I have no idea whether it's complete bullshit or not. But you know, someone sometimes takes over that work yeah. uh, and tries to uh, network for you, essentially. Yeah. Which I guess, in a way, would be a dream come true. But it would be nice. But I, I think it's really... uh, it's hard to be. Producing work, being your own agent, being your own sometimes dealer, um, your own PR manager. I mean, there's a lot of, of job titles you can put on as an artist uh, and juggling all these titles or processes. That's uh, a, a tough part, I think. What about those 15 hours a week? Is that a pain in the ass? Uh, it's a nice job. <coughs> But I, does it I bum would, you out? Uh, I would rather stay here. Yeah, because I work 24 hours a week, and I'm like, you know, those 24 hours, I'm just like, I've got so much other shit I need to be doing right now, you know, and so it's starting to make me angry. It is? It's weird, but yeah, or it's not weird, I guess it makes sense, but but the fact that I'm forced to work 24 hours a week to live yeah. um, is really bumming me out, Yeah, because I've got so much I want to be doing. Are you still making frames? Yeah. And it's a good job for an artist, absolutely. I could imagine. Uh, and I really enjoy working with my hands. Um, you know, it kind of relates, you know, to what you do in a way. Yeah. It's very tactile. It's very uh, three-dimensional. Mm. And um, it's nice because I've had a lot of jobs where you stand in a store and sell stuff or oh. you're a waiter. And with this, I can see at the end of the day, I built this. Yeah. I made this. Yeah. And it's a finished product. And uh, every week I finish a bunch of things mm. and I can say... Bam, job done, you know. And so I really appreciate that. It's just, you know, I have. If I had a ten-day week and no other obligations, I think I've got five years worth of work I could do. Wow, <laughs> just ready to go, you know. Yeah. And so there is that. It's just so tough to find the time. And what's a priority? How do you manage priorities? Mm. You know, because it comes to the point where like a studio practice could become an excuse. To not network, yeah. When in fact, the best thing that could serve your work would be to network. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. that happen to you? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, this is my uh, this is my comfort zone here in the studio. Right. Uh, but going out in the world is a bit harder for me, actually. Yeah. Selling my my stuff or my own soul or not soul, but. I mean the package. Yeah, <laughs> the package. Yeah, I think uh, as it is right now, I I should probably get out selling my ass uh, a bit more than staying here in my nice studio. Get up on the stage and dance like a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's the problem because now, right now, my dancing like a monkey is my excuse to not make work in my studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the, you know, I think it's about time to stop dancing, really, <laughs> now that we're talking about it. But maybe you could do both. Um, you know, uh, Well, that's the goal, right? And that's actually what you have to do. Yeah. There's a funny piece by uh, Jakob Bowes. Yeah. I don't know if you know him. He's, uh, he, he does uh, conceptual pieces. He's an older gentleman, right? No. He's... No? he's Our age, I'll say. Well, okay, I don't know. He, he bought a brand new pair of Adidas um, shoes, and then, uh, or he he bought two pairs, I think. And then the 
One pair he put on every time he went out to openings,、uh-huh. and then the other piece or other pair of shoes was at home. And then at some point, I don't know how he or where he exhibited them, but the thing that putting on、uh, Adidas shoes that was like his work actually, right? Going out.、Uh, That's a very poignant little、uh, little piece there. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. He's a he's a funny guy. Um, let's talk about your work though, too. Yeah, I guess we should mention that, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs>、um, you, we started where we left off, really, with you starting school. When you when you got into the academy, did your work look anything like what you do now? No, not at all. No, it's changed a lot actually. What were you doing then? I was doing.、Um, I was doing like、uh, it looked like color field paintings. Mm. But just on a small scale, because the studio I had was very small, and that's like a problem. Because the color field painting is based on that it's so big that you can't avoid seeing it. Right. You like dive into the the field. Right. But doing small color field paintings, like, I mean, <laughs> right, can't really do that. But I did it anyway. Well, there's a nice intimacy, you could say, but it's not. <laughs> it's not overwhelming in the sense.、Uh, that. I was very much into Mark Rothko and、mm-hmm. Van Newman and, and the epics、uh, mm-hmm. of the the sixties.、Mm-hmm. And is that a physical thing? Like you actually enjoyed the physical sense of of painting, of, yeah, of doing the stuff and of, interacting with it. Yeah, too. interacting、um, like and, and messing around just was fun.、Mm-hmm. And then actually、uh, on this shared studio where we had the the teachers coming. Kai Newball, he came along, and he can be like really strict and hardcore. He said, "I made some colorful brownies painting." He said, "When I see that painting, I, I, th- I would, would have thought you lived in the in the countryside." That's a bad. That's a that's a hard one in Denmark <laughs> to hear. It's like what? Right. You don't get it. And suddenly、right. I got it. Actually, I mean, he really.、Uh, <laughs> He got you. He got me. Yeah, he got me.、And、that's good. Yeah, and that actually changed my work. So thank you, Kai. Yeah, yeah. And then, so do you just like next day just sit there and go, okay, fuck, what now? Or did you already have some other thoughts? I had other thoughts. Yeah. Other,、uh, ways of of working, but I mean, when you're starting out, you just like, I mean, anything can be. Well, one thing can be as good as the next thing because it's not validated. It's not like、uh, you haven't been、um, discussing your new work to people. It's not like it's not really in the world, or right.、Uh, so you can just mess around, and I really did.、Um, and after a couple of years, when people talked about the academy, and I began talking to them about it, we. We had these、uh, gatherings with professional artists, and, and suddenly there was some、uh, like direction to it.、Mm-hmm. And we talked about, well, what do you need to get into that school? So, did you change your work with a with an idea of trying to? No,、uh, but it was all always like an issue that you have to work, make work that they'll accept. Yeah,、uh, that was like. Quite hard for a couple of years. That's a bitch. Yeah, I mean, no, no good things come out of trying to figure out what other people like. That's the problem, right? Yeah, and and, and you can make really authentic, amazing work that just isn't of its time, and then、uh, suck it, work in obscurity forever. <laughs> you know, like that's the thing. And, and like, how much should you compromise in order to meet the time we're in? Yeah. You know, like you completely. I, I, I'm kind of keep going back to the thing you said earlier about how the artist-driven spaces right now are、um, have an agenda and are filling a lot of、uh, consciousness in the、uh, culture world、mm. right now.、Yeah. And it's totally true. Like they are of right now. Yes. And you're starting to see some of them jump over into commercial galleries.、Mm. You're starting to see.、Um, Their work being cemented、mm. instead of being just fluid, you know. Yeah. And、uh, a wise artist probably tries to pay attention to that.、Mm. And so that's what you were doing at the time. 
I was. Were you looking at the teachers at the academy and thinking, okay, this is the direction, or were you looking more at just what was popular at the moment? Um, I I struggled to like make work that uh, were um, that looked even or looked looked as the same because I had like popping up ideas all the time. You mean so, like a body of work? Yeah, a body of work of just five paintings that look like they're made from the same artist. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when you can do anything, then what to do? Right. Um, and luckily the answer isn't nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a body of work yeah. that you could relate to as a whole. or Right. But you did. I, I managed and so how was that process of, of, of finding a path? Because I think, I think a lot of people who listen to the show, for example, are younger people trying to find a way into the art world. Mm. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that at a certain point, you have to make the change from working on a this is interesting to me yeah. level mm. to this is interesting on a larger scale level. Like you said, in the beginning, there's no outside influence necessarily mm-hmm. saying you should do this, you should do that, follow this, follow that. All that matters is, is it interesting? Is it fun? Do you yeah. want to keep doing it? Yeah, yeah. Do that. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you know, like a lot of artists, a lot of bitter people say, well, art should just be free and you should do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all well and fine, but sometimes you have to serve a greater purpose, purpose yeah. with the work. Mm-hmm. It's not just to entertain you. That's fine. Do that. But you're going to have a hard time sharing that with the world if you're not making it into a greater... And that's why bodies of work are so important. Uh, career arcs, you know, uh, working through similar topics throughout careers even. Yeah. You know, that whole thing actually does have some validity and is important. Mm. It does. And so how did you whittle down that process of just being like, this is fun, I love this, to, you know, okay, I got to think about this on a, on a, on a bigger picture level. Uh, I think uh, we, t- we talked about uh, art at, at the, the shared studio, and we had these professional teachers, and they told us just the basics mm-hmm. of this. And they, I've said it a couple of times, they're really, uh, well, a, a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Um, but you... you um, in that process, you like uh, you lose your virginity almost mm-hmm. actually, uh, and that's not really nice. But instead of the virginity, you get a, a lot of other things. Uh, I mean, you learn how to fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you, you get uh, insights in, yeah. into the pro art world, right? Um, so, so it's, it's a good uh, like mix. You do have to eat your balls for a while. Yeah. And get through stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, I, I got that from a stand up comedian where he talked about you just have to go on stage and not be funny and have people look at you and be like, you're not funny. And that's your job right now is to be funny. You know, yeah, like yeah. that's, it's very similar to me. Hmm. That's Work your way through it. It's hard, but somebody's got to do it. Right, and it'll make you better. Yeah, it will. It pretty much always makes your art better. Yeah. So, so, but I mean, you, you obviously found a direction. Your I work did. does stay together. And what is it about the direction you found that makes it longer lasting, to makes you able to follow this direction? Um, I think that my... Uh, I have a, a, like a big concern uh, that is like... The, 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 not the fluid painting, but the... Um, the physicality of painting, the thing that you can go around it, that you can like relate to the painting with your body, mm-hmm. is very important to me. Um, and the the work, the painting, and your body has always been like uh, a big figure in my work. Is that more from your position as the painter, or is that more from the position of the viewer of a finished work? Uh, that's actually talking about uh, what drives me, what kind of work I like doing, what um, what inspires me, and what makes me keeps going. That's like the the ability to make stuff that uh, is interesting to the viewer and to me, of course. Uh, interesting uh, 
in like a, a more bodily, bodily uh, way mm -hmm. than normal just flat paintings. I do flat paintings as well, but it's always with a, a, a body in mind. You do always seem to be trying to break free of the two-dimensional constraints mm. of painting canvas yeah. on wall. Breaking free of the frame and or yeah. wall. Or, yeah. And is that, does that seem performative to you in a way? You know, as as a as a person making this work, is it is your process kind of uh, physically put into that and makes it into a physical object? You know what I mean? Like you have a workshop here, you're sawing stuff, you're mm. cutting stuff, you're rearranging things. Uh, that to me seems somewhat performative. Uh, it, it is. I mean, you can see on the wall now. I've, I've been doing small uh, sign like. Uh, uh, pieces mm -hmm. cut out with a, a wood saw. Uh, I mean, going into into my woodshop is some sort of performative act. Mm -hmm. But when I go in there, I'm very much focused about the, the end result. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a sketch. I have colors written on the sketch. It's not like uh, colored, but but um, it's very much. Um, my work in the workshop is very much based on, on the sketch, on the drawing. Mm -hmm. So it is a two-dimensional, two-three-dimensional process. Yeah, yeah, it is. Where do you get... Where, I mean, so the whole thing comes from a sketchbook? Most, actually. Or a... I mean, or a napkin, you're in a, in a restaurant, you just sit around and doodle and... Uh, sure. It's mostly from, from doodling or... Uh, seeing things, being in uh, weird spaces or beautiful spaces or uh, I get a lot of uh, like, um, it's very stimulating to me uh, seeing architecture, uh -huh. um, going, around un uh, going around unknown places. Um, do you photograph at all? Do you take notes from photographs? I use, I use photos as notes oh. actually. Uh, it's really great having your phone on you all the time, being able to do like a, a visual note. Um, but I'm not using photos further than that. It's only like a note piece. Right. Well, I mean, there is something very architectural about your work. You could say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just forms, shapes, lights, mm. uh, straight lines, curved lines, organic versus non-organic shapes. Um, do you ever, I mean, painting has been historically a very personal medium too, to tell very personal stories. Mm. Does it relate to you personally or is it very much more process? It's, well, I'd say I, I tell like a, I have a, like an abstract, um, storytelling if you can, I mean, that's maybe a, a bit, uh, contradict, contradictory, um, not necessarily. But, um... I mean, I definitely see kind of a narrative in those signs mm. that you're working on. Yeah. Um, it would be hard to say what that is. <laughs> but but it, it is telling. It's it's a personal story of some sort. It, it's, a, it's a story, but... Um, it, it's really a hard question, actually, because my work is... It's both very formal and, and can also be be very um, personal. It's somewhere in between, and, and it's not all the time that I'm actually that, that curious about is it the one thing or is it the other thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think about your work as you're going on a... Um, is it strictly a formal level when you're talking about these colors here, these shapes here? Is it? I try to, like... Um, I try to, if you can say, like tell about uh, another uh, piece of the work by uh, giving it titles that like relate to the word the world, but but um, also like points something otherness out. Mm -hmm. um, Does that come before or after the painting is done? The title. Uh, that depends, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, with the sign things. They have like weird names um, that came before actually. 
with the sign thing, I, I'm, I'm trying to like do stuff that you can recognize almost as a sign, but you're uncertain actually if it is a sign or what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you could read a lot into that. You know, there's a lot of cultural meaning behind signs, and you know, you can yeah. go the direction of advertising, or you can go the direction of. Um, um, semiotics uh, mm-hmm. symbols and what they mean for culture, yeah. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but it seems like you do keep that fairly vague. Yeah, you're not specifically pointing to something in that. No, it's it's never like pointing towards uh, a certain place. It's more like like a broadening out some issue or. Um, I mean, uh, a German guy called uh, Daniel Flum, he made these um, uh, signs. He took, in the 90s, he took like commercial signs and stripped them them from text, Mm. put them on the wall and backlit them in in light boxes. And it looked like painting, but both paintings and Kellogg's uh, logo or Shell logo or whatever. I mean, he was really strict and, and political saying... This is the this is the the commercial um, and they're uh, recognizable very much. Yeah. That was a big part of it. That mm-hmm. was like his political uh, way of saying uh, "fuck capitalism." Actually, do you see any relation to that, or is that just of interest to you? It's it's of course of interest to me when I move out on the sign path, as to speak. Right. Uh, I want to know who's before me, who did what, and what not to do, mostly, actually. So is that a research thing, too? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and I really like uh, researching on, on various artists, and you never, never know what pops up. And it's more like a digging than it is research, actually. Uh, it's a bit like... I'm I'm very much into music and digging in in old vinyl crates and something. Mm-hmm. And it's like that with, with artists too, digging, not knowing what to find, not knowing if that you might find is uh, of any value or if you could use it in your own work. But the digging part is actually fun. Yeah, that's funny because your work doesn't look. You know, there's so many artists who uh, find trash and make sculptures out of mm. trash, you know. And we all know that that's probably a bad idea. At least it'd be hard to do it <laughs> in a way that would uh, be of interest still. Yeah. But your work doesn't read necessarily. Um, it seems very new. Mm. It doesn't seem very um, dug up. I no. guess. But that's just something that you put in the back of your head as you're working. Yeah, as with other things. As right. I mean, uh, uh, it it can be like um, the digging is like a motor to me actually. Uh, whether it's digging in in catalogs from uh, artists or old records or digging in terms of research, or the digging is like a, a motor and it motivates me. It it uh, it makes ideas come uh, f- quicker and freely, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it is with work. The more work you do, the more ideas you get, the less time you have. That's the problem I'm having. <laughs> Does that mean you go out and see art a lot? I, I did, but uh, I, would, I would love to do more seeing. Uh, but uh, I try to once in a while. There's a lot. It's tough. It's tough lot. to keep up now. Yeah. We're have, we have more than a, than can be handled. Yeah. You you get a little um, uh, lazy because you can see it all on on the internet. And True, a, but that's the problem with opinion. your work. Yeah. Because your work is very much a physical interaction. It is. I was thinking about that because, of course, I was looking at your website before we were going to talk, yeah. and I was like, you know, it kind of occurred to me that due to the nature of these two-dimensional objects pushing out into three dimensions, mm-hmm. that is very much an interaction. Yeah. Like, you know, the first thing you mentioned about your work is that it's a physical interaction. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a dangerous... You know, you can get a cursory idea about what's out there, but it's not the same as experiencing it. Never. It's not. And you're perfectly right. My stuff is really hard uh, to, to grasp mm-hmm. online. 
Are you are you thinking that those three dimensions are just going to keep pushing? Like, are you eventually going to you know fall off the wall and crawl onto the floor kind of deal? <laughs> you know, because you are really starting to get farther and farther away from a square. I I have uh, some uh, some sketches of of sculpture, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like sculpture that's coming from a painterly point of view, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so they're like in between, but I haven't. I mean, they're not here in the world, so sure. But you're thinking about it. I am. I am. Yeah, I mean, because it seems like it's important to you to be a painter. Um, I like the physical work, but a sculpture is a physical work. It is. That's what my next uh, <laughs> point would be. I mean, if it's on the wall or on the floor, uh, I mean. I don't think the difference is, is that big right. when working on it. If you're still a painter. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm still doing what I really, really like. Well, what is it? Like, what, what would be, you know, can, what is it that would retain the painterliness of a sculpture? Like, uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but uh, if anything. It would um, be a feeling, maybe. Yeah. No, but I'm really... Um, when I go into my woodshop, I'm, I'm like, I'm there. I'm 100% there. And I put on like um, headphones, music. Uh, and I'm almost not in, in the world, actually. I'm in my own world. Yeah. And that work is really uh, available to me. Um, and it takes me a lot of, of more time to like get the stuff painted afterwards. So I'm not, I'm not sure I'm that painterly driven, actually. <laughs> and that's quite fun because it looks like, well, I'm painterly driven, but uh, the, the building process is uh, huge to me. Well, I mean, it could also be that you are on the edge of jumping into a new thing. Yeah, could be. You know, because I've noticed that, for example, on your website, there is a lot of work. Mm. You've made so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if, if after a while, do you ever get the feeling that it becomes repetitive, that it becomes too much the same? Uh, that's really rare to me, actually. Okay. Each one is exciting as the last. Um, yeah, you could say that. Uh, I mean, building a, a three-dimensional thing, you have to, like rely on your uh, experience when going into that woodshop. So it's not all play and, and fun, actually. And you are repeating yourself. Um, but going out of the woodshop with the, the finished uh, form, uh, going to do the painting is, uh, is... I actually feel I never repeat myself in, in that process. That would be like embarrassing to me personally. Actually, mm-hmm. I have to like expand or push my my limits. And so it's just a building process. Yeah. On top of the other, yeah. I like uh, the thing that, and I haven't been that aware of it uh, um, for some time. But but a lot of people tell me when they actually look at my website, you could see like the flow going from. Uh, maybe 2000 and then to 2015. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, that's, that's the evolution, actually, of Absolutely. my work. Absolutely. Um, and that's the nice thing about the, the website, that that's like my own archive. Actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the fantastic thing about the Internet, is you can, at a, at a glance, if you're willing to put in the time, mm-hmm. see a, a practice. Yeah. Uh, if they have it all there, yeah. I, have, I have the habit of taking old shit off because I'm just like, ah, garbage, <laughs> yeah. fucking garbage, get it out of here, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but I also haven't been uh, going as long. Mm. Um, I have old stuff that is not on. Keep it in the drawer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there is a certain point where you have to decide everything I did before this point wasn't really what I do. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was just the the, the process of yeah. getting to the starting point. Yeah, I think you're right. You, you define yourself like a professional artist at some point, and that's like zero. Right. And off from there. The problem is I keep redefining it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Now I'm really starting. <laughs> 
But I mean, that's the weird thing is that that motivation, you know, there is an important thing, which is, you know, you have to be critical enough of what you've made to make it better next time. Mm. But you have to be excited enough about the stuff you're going to make to get it done. Mm. It's this weird sweet spot where, yeah. where, where yeah. you know, and, and, and I think the fact that you don't really have a problem with getting the work done mm. is probably going to be one of the strongest points, you know, because things go up and down. You have yeah. uh, galleries you work with, galleries you don't work with. Money comes in some month, it doesn't the other. But it's, if you can keep working, that's, you know, most of the battle. Yeah, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. Because that's all. No, but that, that's to to me. That's not the battle. Actually, uh, that we talked about that uh, earlier. The battle to me is is the other part, going out there in the world. The selling. The selling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a plan? What are you going to do? You going to go to a sales course? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really hard right now to to uh, to show work. I haven't shown. Uh, I haven't made a solo show in, in Copenhagen for years. Yeah. Last uh, solo show was with uh, Møller-Witt in, in Aarhus. Mm-hmm. So the last two years, pe- most people have only seen my, my uh, things on the internet. Yeah. Uh, and that's a real, real pity, I think. Is that worrying you? Yeah, a bit. I try to like dig up uh, places now where I can show yeah. my, my stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because for me, the problem isn't asking. It's finding out how to ask. Mm. Because the worst thing you can do is come out of nowhere and go, look what I made. <laughs> you know, like you have to either get an introduction. Yeah. You have to find an ex- a, a, another reason to talk to mm. them. There has to be yeah. some sort of infrastructure yeah. to the question. Yeah, yeah. You can't just show up and say, hey, we've never met before. I make some nice stuff. <laughs> you can't. It's um, like the, the clown jumping out of the, the box. Yeah. In front of you, boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and then they'll just close off instantly. Yeah. Even if it is good, even if they might have shown it in a different context, yeah. 99% percent of the time they'll go, "Oh no, thank you." Yeah. you know? And and then at that point, you know, you're aware of that you blew it. Yeah. When you go there. Oh yeah, that's such a oh my god, that <laughs> feeling of walking away. You're just like, oh god. Embarrassment. Oh yeah, it's so humiliating. Like I said before, and and yeah. again, it goes back to you eating your balls, you know. And I don't know how long you have to eat your balls for. <laughs> But I mean, do you have a plan? Do you know what you're going to try to do, or is it just head down, keep working, and uh, try to pop up every once in a while? Uh, I have a plan. Uh huh. I have a plan. Is it a secret plan? Yeah, it's kind of secret. <laughs> oh shit, secret plan. No, it, it, it's it's a plan of being uh, a lot more visible. Mm-hmm. In the art world, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm not showing here, I can still like uh, get out there and get out there not only in a physical way but also be visible uh, um, through the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the good news is there is right now a bunch of ways to show work. Mm-hmm. There isn't actually one path. No, there is probably. Uh, I'll pull a number out of my ass. Five different paths in Copenhagen <laughs> where you can make money yeah. off of artwork, mm-hmm. and whether it's the uh, nonprofit art halls that you have to apply for yourself mm-hmm. and get state funding yeah. to produce, whether it is the uh, you know there's like a new art fair in Copenhagen called uh, CPH Artworks, I think it's called, where you as an artist have a booth and mm-hmm. sell work, and you're yeah. talking about you have to sell work for five hundred to a thousand to two thousand kroners. Yeah. But um, you know, Jacob did it last year. Yeah, I know. And uh, he did not do badly. Uh huh. Um, and uh, so that is a completely gallery-free, mm. for-profit way to engage with your audience. Yeah. There was a lot of um, what are they called now? Um, the art unions, the Kunstvereninger. Uh, i don't know what you call those in, in English, but it's 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 a workplace union of art buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of those who come to those events, yeah. you know, and that is a completely independent artist to consumer relationship. It is, uh, and so it doesn't have to be. You know, people forget that it doesn't have to be the for-profit gallery mm. route. Yeah. 
you know, and I, 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 I'm putting my money on the fact that now there's the chart art fair, yeah. there's art Copenhagen, there's going to be a third fair mm-hmm. in the next few years because there's space for it. I hope you're right. I think there is because yeah. you have, you know, art Copenhagen is a basically non-curated event. If mm-hmm. you have a, an art space, you can show work there. Yeah. Chart is an extremely curated event. We're only top of the line. What is there, 12 Danish galleries there? 13, 14 max? Yeah, maybe. <coughs> I think 10, 10 Danish. Yeah. <coughs> the rest of... But there's a lot of galleries who don't fit into either of those places yeah. who do fine, fine work. Yeah. And there's a space for them. Yeah. So, you know, there's just so many options, and I think it's just finding your path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked with Jacob a lot about this, how yeah. he is trying to give up basically on the fine art, highly curated, yeah. top-of-the-line yeah. art gallery world. And go down a level. Yeah, but it's not even down, right? It's just finding your path. Yeah. But that is the conception we've always had, yeah, yeah, that yeah, the, yes. they're the top, yeah. big-level institutions, yeah. and high-pay High price galleries at the mm-hmm. top, mm-hmm. and then everything down is down. Yeah. It's not sideways, it's down. Yeah. And that, I think, is probably dangerous thinking. Mm. And uh, uh, granted, I am a very uh, snobby person yeah, in the art world. Too. I mean, I like the top of the line yeah. stuff. We know the, the good old gallery system, it works. Uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> if right. you're in it, but if you're not. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Gander was on the show and he was talking about how it's a fantastic sieve. Mm-hmm. It sorts a lot of crap off. Yeah. But if you get sorted out for whatever reason, whether yeah. it's because you're not good enough or because you don't fit in or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it's hard to figure out what to do after yeah. that. Yeah. And that, I think, is the important thing to realize is that there's a lot of, you know, there's people, there's, a, there's an explosion right now of online marketplaces for art. yeah. Selling on Instagram and, uh, uh-huh. I mean... <laughs> uh-huh, but also just a straight up like <clears throat> eBay-style websites for yeah. selling work. And uh, yeah. most of them, I think, are artists to consumer direct. Because mm. I think there is also a viable consumer base who don't want to go to art shows. Yeah. They don't want to go to a gallery. They don't want to deal with the pretension and the, you know... They would rather buy it like they buy socks on Amazon. Yeah, they really dislike being in, standing in, in, in the white cube. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's scary to them. Mm-hmm. To a lot of people, actually. Oh. Maybe Denmark should start an online auction site for art. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I got enough work, but someone go ahead and start that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm glad to hear you have a plan. I have a plan. Yeah. And it's both uh, online and offline. Yeah. So it's on several levels. And it all comes back to the hard work. Uh, it, it does. Yeah. Making the time, finding the time. Yeah. yeah. And working hard. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by Arcee. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great artists on our radio tower of a website, undergang.net. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoy the show, Please tell a friend and remember to keep the conversation going. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're out there. Holler. See you guys next time.